This is the Straight Dope episode 80. I'm going to talk to you about recoil management and the way that I think about it. I'm going to talk to you about competitions and how I'm going to divide evenly across the styles for 2023 because I don't have a major goal and a couple other things. Before we get started with that, I want to point out that the best way to support the podcast is to get a subscription at riflecraft.com and or get a shirt. We're going to be launching the Shooter Evolution or the card shirt today probably in the store. And on the store, we also have the assessment calendar for 2023. Frank and I are going to be teaching, or I guess it's not teaching, but we're going to be running the assessments second Saturday of every month in Fort Morgan from March till September. And then we've got at least two mountain assessments at Cameo. And we've got two live now, and there'll probably be more as things unfold. But those are pretty cool and pretty exciting for 2023. You can also go to AccuFire, and they've been sponsoring a lot of matches. They've been they've been the title sponsor for the Competition Dynamics Series this year. They're probably going to be next year, and that's pretty cool. Um, if you have a subscription, you can get a discount code, and that'll be going out to subs today. And we'll be talking about some other stuff uh, here in a minute. So let's talk about... Shoot, let's just let's just go in reverse. I made a post today about the um, dividing things evenly across disciplines. I, I really think that um, you know when stuff is available, they represent different niches and 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 diversity and options are awesome. But as people start to do stuff, the things that they're interested in or the things that often they're better at, they want to make competitions and things that tailor towards the things that they're good at or better at. Um, some people want to do the things that they're not as good at, and you start to get these different styles. And now we've kind of got a few major styles. We got like the the Outlaw series, which you know is kind of regional specific. We got competitions that are sniper based, which are often team stuff that involve kind of a little bit more um, mix of of rifles and calibers, and often some pistols. And then we've got uh, hunter style, locate, range, and engage. You've got kind of the old classic field stuff, competition dynamics, and they have all of their events are totally different. You've got precision rifle series now that the NRL race gun series is extinct um, that focuses on precision and then uh, some other stuff. And I think that there's uh, we've got Guardian and then stuff that kind of often gets touted as practical. I think that um, they're all very different but they're all equally important. And anybody that focuses on one in particular is going to lose diversity. They're going to lose well-roundedness. And I'm not into that because I don't have any major goals. I'm going to try to spread evenly across all of those disciplines. I do not think there's one that's better. And I have heard people, namely in the PRS, say that they are the best and that you know their style and their level of shooting dominates everything. But nobody, nobody actually does that So uh, until somebody from there that that does well goes to another discipline like a a field match and does well um that's just kind of like uh what do they call it like roostering or something like that um but anyway i'm gonna try to you know spread myself across all those disciplines and and for me personally the prs is the weakness because i don't really do that but i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna spread myself across all of the disciplines to maintain kind of even level of performance um 
until a bigger goal comes out that I could kind of specialize towards. But those big goals, all of the ones that I have been interested in have vanished before they even happen. So that's kind of a disappointment. But anyway, um, I, yeah, I consider them all equal. They're all equal in terms of difficulty. They're all equal in terms of value. And they're all equal and should be treated as equal if you want to be a well-rounded shooter and be able to evolve as things change down the road because you can't see what's coming, it would be good to be able to step left and right and perform at a high level no matter what. Um, the The fitness part of some of those isn't, I wouldn't consider it fitness at, at all. There's really no shooting competition that I would consider a fitness shooting competition. Maybe the tactical games gets a little bit close, but... Even that is just kind of like, whatever. If you want to have a fitness competition, you know, you could go to an Ironman or something, which would be pretty cool, but that's not a shooting competition. Um, recoil management. Recoil management, you know, actually, most of the things that I think about with rifle, I start with pistol, and I think about with pistol, and I validate with pistol, and I look to pistol, and with recoil management, if we think about pistols, it's the ability for you to get your sights back on the target so that you can pull the trigger again as fast as possible. And you don't do that by anchoring it down. And so with a rifle, a lot of times people talk about recoil management or free recoil and all this stuff, and they kind of give you this false impression that you need to lock the rifle down, that it shouldn't move, that nothing can change because that's recoil management. I don't think that's recoil management to me because nobody even does that with a pistol, right? And pistol shooters can be accurate and extremely fast with these tiny little barrels. And when you watch the pistol shooting under recoil, no matter what, it's going to move, right? It moves in the people's hands. But the recoil, being able to manage it means that when that cycle is done, it's back on target. So... To me, recoil management means that when the shot cycle, the shot process, your follow-through is done, it's still, you know, you're back on target. Now, if that's how I'm defining recoil management, it has nothing to do with how hard you're behind it or how less you're behind it. It has more to do with when everything is done, are your crosshairs on the target or not? And being able to do that repeatedly over time is something that is a skill kind of bar, right? The fact that you do it once or twice doesn't mean anything. But if you do it a thousand times, in those thousand times, does your crosshair come back to the target? Now, what you do can be wildly different. And you see that with rifle shooters. And that's one of the reasons why I think that performance right now for rifle shooters is kind of upper mediocre, even at the very, very top of all performance levels because you can do so many wildly different things and still have people performing at the same the same level. Recoil management does not mean you anchor your rifle down and get behind it really hard. And I, I feel like maybe it's just me interpreting it that way, but, but I, I feel like, okay, well, do you do recoil management or do you free recoil? And it's just like, man, there it's all recoil management, but whether you're effective or not is whether your crosshairs come back onto the target. So if you shoot, and you, you kind of have to do this live fire, but if you shoot and your crosshairs go somewhere crazy, um, 
you're not managing the recoil well, right? Because you need to be set up so that you can rack the bolt and take another shot very quickly. And as you progress through that ability, the things that you do might need to change. Just like with a pistol, you might have to hold your wrist tight. You might have to um, grip the grips a certain way that now the, the pressure between the two hands, you know, coming together might have to change. And as your skill grows, you might have to tweak how much that pressure and, 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 you know, you might get to a certain point where you're shooting through your rifle and your reticle comes within four mils of the target. Great. You know, that's better than, than losing it completely. But now to go from four mils the three mils, you might have to change something, right? You might have to put less pressure on the buttstock or less pressure on the scope or less, less pressure. You know, you might, you might, you might start being able to get to three mils by pulling the rifle into your shoulder. But at that point, your group size opens up and you might have to not pull the rifle into your shoulder in order to go from three to two because your skills are evolving and those inputs and outputs are changing. And so there's a lot of inputs and outputs and some things will make you jump really quickly from a six to a three um, in terms of like where your reticle lands or even your group size, right? Because your group size is kind of reflected in some of that recoil management and relationship with the rifle. And so you're tar- now you're tar- talking about overlapping things that have an influence on not only group size, but where your reticle lands. And the ultimate goal is the closer to the center of your reticle, the better, right? So it doesn't matter where you are now, but you need to know where you are now. So if you go out and take 20 shots, you should be recording, where did my reticle settle, right, when the shot was done? And not not necessarily where it moved to during the shot, you could during the shot it could you could lose that sight picture and then it comes if it comes right back to the target before it hits it that's perfectly acceptable i think doesn't matter how much it moves during the shot to me as long as you're hitting your point of aim what matters to me is where it settles such that you can now see where your hit was while you know hopefully see the bullet hit the plate um so it has to settle back in time for you. The better you do it, the faster it'll get back on target. But whether it moves during the shot or not, I mean, it's going to move during the shot. And if you feel like it doesn't, you're blinking or your brain is short-circuiting because you got this. You got a lot of stuff happening and a lot of things going on that are going to cause movement no matter what. And like I said, go back to a pistol and think about the movement and that if you're really fast, what's happening is the the pistol is moving and getting back on target very fast so that you can follow up and shoot again very quickly. And I get it. Like you can download your pistols and do all sorts of crazy comp stuff, but we're not talking about the comp stuff that makes the movement less. We're talking about the skills that you have so that you can take another follow-up shot and have the information that you need using the rifle. So the rifle is going to move under recoil, and you simply need to be able to see where it hits and have the crosshair ready so that when you rack the bolt, you can take another follow-up shot very quickly and accurately. Not um, try to control it and try to force it 
to not move, right? Forcing it to not move is adding inputs that are generally not going to allow you to progress past a certain point. So circling back, you know, if you force the gun to do something and you see improvement doing that, you're going to end up kind of um, preventing yourself at some point from growing because you're putting too much force into the rifle. Now, that might help you at first, which is great. But to move on, you're going to have to input less and let the rifle do its thing so that you can have more precision and accuracy and more visibility and more ability to follow up with that accuracy and see the things that you need to do. And I don't think at the highest level you can do it by forcing it. I think you're going to have to learn how to go with it and manage your inputs and outputs so that when it does its thing, it's back on target and you see what you need to see. I think that there is a relationship of rifle balance I think there is a relationship to rifle weight and caliber. I think that you know all of that stuff plays a role in it. But when somebody does it well, it doesn't matter what they shoot. Last year, I you know I shot thirteen matches, but I shot ten different rifle setups so that I could confirm that the rifle system itself isn't what my skill is based on, but it's my skill that allows me to drive whatever rifle at a consistent level. Now, it might not be the very top level, but I could grab any rifle and drive it essentially the same, regardless of weight, regardless of caliber, regardless of any of that, when I drive it, you know, and that was one of the tests for last year is can I grab any rifle and perform at my level consistently? And I felt like I did a good job being able to do that with different rifle weights, different rifle setups, different scopes, different barrel contours, different, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. But one of the things that I tried to do is make sure that it was balanced appropriately, you know, within, a, within reason. When I borrowed a rifle, I couldn't do much because it wasn't my rifle. But those rifles that I borrowed were, were balanced well and generally light and, and ran well. And, and I felt like that was pretty good. But I think that's one of those skill metrics that you should ask yourself and also look to other people is, you know, if they only have one specific rifle, I mean, get the whole fear the man with one, one rifle kind of thing. But if their skills are true skills, they should cross, not only cross disciplines, cross styles, but they should be able to translate from one system to another. And um, the very best people, I think that's absolutely true of, even though you don't see it because they might only be shooting one or two rifles a year, you won't, you won't see that. But I think that to get to the highest level, you have to weed out all those uncertainty levels. And as you go up that pyramid, the skill level and the consistency would be applicable to all those, all those systems, right? So anyway, think about recoil management in terms of or, or one of the ways that you assess your ability to manage recoil has to do with where the, you know, and how, how fast the reticle gets back onto the target, right? Not necessarily, I mean, if it settles somewhere else, your NPA is off, right? But, and your inputs and outputs are off. So it's not necessarily, but, but how much it moves, I don't, I don't really give a shit. But how fast it gets back on target says a lot, right, without you forcing it. So where the reticle ends up 
and the speed that it ends up back on target is very important. And that's recoil management, no matter what you do, right? It doesn't matter if you don't even touch the back of your rifle. If you're putting, because the people that do that, they put all their body weight into the scope, the scope ring. So they're still putting weight into the rifle somehow. But how much force and how much weight is going to have to be scaled on how fast you can get back on target. One of the ways that you can measure that are follow-up shots on a small target. Not don't put an ipsic at 100 yards and say, "Oh, I, you know, I followed up in one second." Right? Any moron could do that. Shoot a craft drill, and then do basically a craft drill, or the idea of a craft drill. Right? You take a shot and then a follow-up shot, and if they're both within the zone that you shoot a standard craft drill, then that's great. What was the speed of your follow-up shot? Can you make that faster? What's going to prevent you from making that faster is your recoil management, right? A large part of that. And what I mean by that is your ability to get your sight picture and ready to do that shot again is going to have to do with how much the rifle moved and where did it move back to. If it moves back to the target, you could follow up extremely fast because the shot cycle itself is extremely fast, right? It The time that's going to prevent you from following up, right, at, at the, shot, the shot itself, that time is negligible. It's going to be, what do you have to do to put the crosshairs back on the target? If it goes back onto the target, there's not going to be a time delay, and you're going to have follow-up shots extremely, extremely fast. So, as a base measurement of recoil management, your follow-up shot speed and accuracy are probably going to be a metrics that's very important. And that's that's what I'm thinking about. That's what I think you should be thinking about, and it would be a cool test to see. Do it on a craft target, right? You, and um, so here's what I would say is like shoot a craft drill so that you know, or a positional craft drill so that you know what positions you're shooting from. And if you're shooting a two-inch group, right, your follow-up shots have to be inside that two inches in order for it to be realistic and worthwhile. The speed outside of that is a miss, so it's a fast miss, right? The sp- speed inside of that is progress. So do speed inside of that from each position. It's going to be different from each position because my guess is your recoil management is different in each position. But as your recoil management it increases the follow-up shot time and accuracy should be even across all positions. It should be fast across all positions, and it should be accurate across all positions. That's recoil management, not how hard are you pushing into your rifle, right? That's just, that's just dumb. So uh, don't, don't be dumb. Uh, start thinking about things. And if I'm being dumb and not thinking about things correctly, uh, let me know. Hit me up at chrisrway at gmail.com. Message me on Facebook and message me on Instagram. Now, I'm going to be talking about some stuff that I saw over at Mile High recently. So um, I'm going to do another podcast here in, in a little bit, and I'm going to be talking about some equipment. But in the meantime, think about that in terms of recoil management. Think about the positions and the follow-up shot time in your zone of accuracy. If your follow-up shot time and your zone of accuracy is good, your recoil management is probably good. And I don't know what, what, you know, it's hard to compare things to other people. And I don't really want to say, well, here's a standard that you should be striving for. What you should do is get a baseline for yourself and just mark it. If it gets better over time, you're getting better. 
right? It has nothing to do with anybody else. That means that you're growing as a rifleman. And that means that you're going to be more successful at the things that you're going after, the goals that you're pursuing. And that's all that matters. So measure your own baselines and measure progress based on your baselines exclusively. And that's all that matters. So till next time.